Good morning. <laughs> this is, uh, it's been a long three and a half weeks, so I'm going to be honest, if I start dra dragging or, dra or kind of falling asleep a little bit, close my eyes. Uh, it was a long night last night, so I want to go ahead and get that out of the way right now. Um, we, uh, we've been enjoying uh, this time with, with Gemma and getting to spend some time at home a lot with her, and I'm excited to br bring her and introduce you to y'all. Hannah's been dying to come for longer, but we're finally here and we're excited, but uh, the exhaustion's worth it, hopefully, right? It will be. Someone tell me it will be, please. <laughs> um, but this, this morning, it was, Brother Marvin talked to me about two or three weeks ago. I was like, hey, I'm going to be gone this Sunday. Can you come preach this Sunday on the 28th? Um, and I was been praying and seeking for a message. And I'm going to be honest, nothing came to me for a really long time. Um, and this morning, as I'm still trying to find it, um, I decided to go back to a message that I heard <laughs> so many times. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was one of my dad's favorite sermons to preach, one of his favorite stories, and my goodness. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many times I heard this. My dad preached at a lot of different churches, so as we would go different places, he had his five or six in his back pocket, right? And this was probably number three. I haven't done number one yet. That's, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, but if we can turn to Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to do my best to give this word in the way, the same way that my dad would, but in a way that is what God has given to me this morning. I'm excited to do this. It's one of, it's probably one of the most, one of the most well-known stories. Uh, one of the most known. We love to hit my dad's favorite character in the Bible, besides Jesus, of course, was Peter. Um, a lot of people don't like to make fun of Peter. They like to pick on Peter because he was known to be very outspoken very kind of aggressive, maybe a little bit of a rebellious type soul, right? That's kind of how we understand Peter. He was the first one to speak out, first one to confront people, and the first one to um, attack people uh, he was known to once or twice, right? And so he, he, was, he was one of the ones that we like to make fun of because he likes to be a little on the wrong side of the tracks, we feel like. We feel like he makes a lot of mistakes, and we see a lot of his mistakes when we read about them. And this is one of the ones in Matthew chapter 14, starting verse 22. Um, right before this, Jesus had just performed the feeding of the 5,000. Um, and so uh, after that miracle, this, this is what happens next. So verse 22, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Now, the first thing Jesus does whenever he performed a great miracle is he immediately goes back to the Father. Right. Something we I always love to focus on with Jesus is every time he does something or is about to do something, he focuses on Christ, focuses on God. He goes straight to him and prays and seeks him. Right. So anytime we need to follow that example, when Jesus is trying, when we're trying to step into a, um, a be obedient to the Lord, when we're approaching a difficult decision in life where things are getting complicated, we always need to go to him first. If Jesus, the son of God, felt the need to go to God in prayer, how much more do we need to? Right especially after. We don't just go and pray for the thing. When it happens, we need to thank him and be grateful for what he's done and for, for when we see him. So we now always follow his example. Verse 24. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. 
As the disciples were in the boat, they were in a very scary situation. We're not talking about a barge. We're not talking about the Titanic, right? We're talking about a small little boat on an ocean with roaring waves and a storm, right? So these men are trying to make it in a fishing boat in this chaotic storm, and they feel like it's probably the last moments. (laughs) It doesn't look good for them, right, as they're trying to survive in the storm, and they're trying to make it. And then they look up and see something walking along the water, right? Um, From their perspective... Does that make any sense at all? It makes no sense to be out on, in the storm and see somebody walking on the water. It's not something that had ever been seen before, not something that had ever been talked before. Um, but immediately as they see him, uh, G- Jesus tells them, do not be afraid, it is I. And immediately, Peter, Mr. Boldness, right? And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter was willing to step out of the boat. But as soon as he got into the storm, he was distracted. He began to take notice of the things going on around him. His eyes left Jesus. His eyes left the one keeping him afloat. His eyes left the one that brought him out of the boat in the first place. And he started being so concerned about the things going on around him that he couldn't focus on the one that was leading him towards him, right? He was too afraid of the the waves, too afraid of the wind, too afraid of the storm. Witnessing the things around him hurt his faith. It brought his eyes off of Jesus and he sank, not because Jesus wanted him to sink, but because the reason Peter was out on the water was because of his faith in the first place. He asked Jesus to call him out, said, "If, if it is you, let me come out to you. And he did. And Peter lost it. He lost that moment. He lost that focus. And he sank. We like to make fun of Peter for that, right? Like, Peter, you had this huge opportunity. I like to pick on him a lot. But you have this huge opportunity. You get to walk on water with Jesus. You're looking at him. You're almost to him. And you immediately slip. You lose focus. You, you, you fell. You sank. You stopped focusing on Jesus. You got worried. And you let the things that around you take your eyes off of him, Right? Peter did lose, lose sight, but he did step out of the boat still. Right? He still took that step. He took that initiative and stepped out of the boat. How many of the disciples do you think would have done that? <laughs> Clearly none of the other ones, right? They were there. They had that opportunity. Could you imagine being those in the boat, being like, Peter, what are you doing? Where are you going? The, the waters are raging. The winds are roaring. What is the point? Why are you stepping out of this boat? This makes no sense. This defies all logic. It defies all understanding. Why are you doing this? They didn't have the faith to know that when Jesus brings a message to you, when he brings a calling for your life, whenever he brings something to you, it's not you, it's not reality, it's not the understanding of what is easy or what makes sense, it's what God called you to, right? Jesus sent them in the storm on purpose. That's something we we, we tend to forget sometimes. Jesus sent them into the boat intentionally, right? In In verse 23, uh, and he had dismissed the crowds. He went, oh, in verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Is there anything that our God doesn't know? Is there anything he's not prepared for? Is there anything he's not aware of? No. And so we know for a fact that the disciples were sent into the storm on purpose. It wasn't an accident. He wanted them there for a purpose. He wanted them there not to test their faith, but to give them the opportunity to be faithful, right? 
God's not going around testing us and saying, oh, how far can you go or how, how much can you do? He wants us to give us the opportunity to show him faith. If, we're, if we go through our lives and everything's easy and nothing's going on, then what is our faith? What is our faith in? We're never making up. We're never slipping up. We're never going through anything difficult. What is our faith? What are we holding on to? What's the point? And so they were brought into this storm not to test their faith, but to give them the opportunity to be faithful. God does that with us sometimes. He sends us opportunities. He puts things in front of us um, and makes it difficult to step out. It's not comfortable being a Christian. It's not comfortable stepping out and doing the things that God wants us to do, whether that is share our faith or step out, be in ministry or whatever it is. It's not a comfortable calling. Everybody that's here, if you're here and you're, you're seeking the Lord, it's not a comfortable thing to come to church and just feel good about ourselves. It's not what we're here for. We, every, each and every one of us has a calling on our lives, and whenever it's put in front of us, we have two choices, right? If we've come to a knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ, we're in that boat, right? Say we're in that boat. That's where we are here at church. We're sit, standing in the boat, and every once in a while, God gives us the opportunity and calls us out of the boat, calls us to step, take a step of faith, take a step into what it is that he has for us. I, I grew up very shy, <laughs> My aunt and uncle are here today. They, we grew up uh, with our cousins. I don't, I don't know if anyone else's family is like this. Our cousins, we grew up more like siblings. We were around each other all the time. So they got to see me grow. I went from a kid that would um, die standing on the stage, just pass out and fall out, and I probably wouldn't feel my legs. I probably wouldn't wake up for a few hours because uh, it, it was terrifying. It was not just getting on stage, talking to people, being in crowds of people, um, having to communicate with a human being was terrifying for me as a kid, okay? That's not exactly conducive to ministry. <laughs> that's, not, that's not very helpful for someone who needs to get up on stage and do these things, right, and communicate. That's the whole job, right, is to be able to communicate and to be sociable. Um, I did not break that for a very long time. I started leading worship. I had a guitar in front of me, right? It feels good, right, Jonathan? You have that guitar, you got that security blanket. It's like, I'm good, because the guitar is a distraction. It's not me. I'm not the show. This is the show. It's not all me. So I would lead worship. I'd sing. I loved that. Um, even that was terrifying once I got used to that. But as I got older, I, I, I went to school for music. When COVID happened, it shut all that down. I was like, I can't do the online school. That's not working for me. So I came back here from Fort Worth. I ended up working with Jonathan for my father-in-law now, father-in-law, right, with Jonathan. And then Jonathan sends me a text, hey, there's, my church needs help. We lost, we need somebody on Wednesday nights to help with the youth. And that's what he said, help. Jonathan did not say, hey, there's this job opportunity that, that well, we want to look into. He said, hey, we could use some help. You think you can teach a few Wednesdays? That was the conversation. <laughs> it reeled me in, right? And I was like, no, I told you, right? First day, I was like, nah, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. And I was actually at work at the time, and I was on the mower. I started thinking about the ministry that my dad had. I started thinking about the youth ministry that he had. I was like, maybe that would be kind of cool to see it, to test it out. I was like, yeah, I'll come help. So I go meet Brother Marvin, and he's not talking to me about teaching some classes. That's not the conversation that's happening. So I'm sitting there like, what? <laughs> this isn't what I was. I was so confused. But as, as we talked to him, I could see he was getting comfortable with me. I was getting comfortable with them. And I was like, I went home, and I told Hannah, I was like, um... Ministry, youth ministry again. I was at a point where I was like, I think ministry might be done for me. It didn't go the way I was supposed to go. I, I thought I was supposed to finish school and go into worship, worship leading or whatever, and it didn't happen. So I was like, I'm, I guess I'm done. So I was just working. I was just getting through. I was just getting by. And when this opportunity came forward, I told Hannah, I was like, youth ministry might be it. 
I don't know <laughs> yet, but right now this is the opportunity being put in front of me and God's calling me to do this. I am the least qualified, especially at that time. I had never taught a class. I had never preached. I had never taught. I'd led worship plenty of times, had plenty of biblical conversations. I loved participating in Sunday school with the conversation. Never had to go and sit down and teach it. Um, Rylan can attest. Um, my first Wednesday night, I, I get there. I was not told to bring a message. I was told to come meet the students. And Brother Marvin brought, bring, brings me up there. There's probably 15 or so in there. And he goes, here, this is Sam. This is your new youth minister. And walked out. <laughs> so I get to sit there like, hey, what's your names? Say something you're interested in. Like I try to do the icebreakers, right, which I'm not good at. I've only ever been on the other side of an icebreaker. And when we get through, I start sharing like my favorite Bible verses, my favorite stories. And, and I was like, any questions? And Rylan immediately asks, are you going to always be this unprepared? <laughs> I was the least qualified. I was the least prepared. I had no preparation for what God was bringing me into. All I understood was there was a calling in front of me, and I had an example my entire life that when something is brought in front of you, you, st- you take that step forward. I had no understanding of what, I was like, how long this would be, where God was going to do with it, but because of the parents that I had, the influences I had in my life, the things that I watched my parents do, I watched us move and be in the most difficult situation, but in the most best ministry we'd ever been in. I've seen us go to the places that we shouldn't, that I felt like we shouldn't be, but because of the ministry, it was so worth it. Going through whatever we had to go through to do what God was calling us to. I understood that even though this was weird, terrifying, it took me a year. You can ask the students. It took me about a year, and I was like, okay, I think, I think I can do this. I can really teach, and this is starting to make more sense. And then Brother Marvin calls me up about two years later to preach. And so I'm like, oh, well, now the next step. we got to keep moving forward, and i got to keep growing, right? Um, every time that opportunity is put in front of us, we're sitting in our boat. We're comfortable. It's easy. We're, we're coasting through. It's very nice sitting in your comfortable boat when it's nice and safe. Every once in a while, Jesus shows up. He looks at us and says, hey, come, come out with me. Take a step out into the waters. Get out of the comfortability of where you're at and come to me, but stay focused on me. In contrast to Peter, we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? When they go into the fire, they did not lose faith. They did not lose focus. They did not lose sight of who had sent them there. And so what happens to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They get to go into the fire with Jesus and come out unscathed. Because they stayed true and they stay focused on the goal. The kingdom mind, the kingdom focus that we're talking, that we look at, that we talk about, the brother Marvin's been talking about forever, right? He keeps harping it on it. Not because it's the only thing he knows, it's because it's the, one of the most important things for us to get, understand. We got to get a hold of this kingdom mindset, this understanding that if I'm looking at Jesus and I'm trying to make it through this complicated, confusing, and chaotic, and wave-filled, storm-filled world, if I keep my eyes on him, those things around me aren't going to affect me as much. It's not because it's not scary. It's not because it's not uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable for a very long time doing this youth ministry thing. Now, like I said, it was about a year before I got started to get kind of comfortable with it. As soon as I got comfortable, Brother Mars was like, okay, preach now. Right? So every time it gets a little bit more comfortable, every time it gets a little bit easier, there's a new trial, a new thing coming up, a new thing to learn. It's not easy stepping out of the boat, but what's the point in staying in it? 
Right, We have a calling on our lives. We get salvation. We come to know Christ. We get this amazing gift of eternal life. And God is simply like, hey, be my witnesses. Hey, when I ask you to step out, step out. When I show up, don't worry about the storm. Worry about me. Keep your eyes on me. And none of that matters. It can get in the way. It can be scary. But when I start to look more at the storm than I am at Christ, that's when I start to slip and fall and sink. Right, And that's what Peter fell into. He got so distracted by the things that could hurt him, he forgot that the very man he was walking towards was the God of this universe. He was the the Son of God, the one that could keep him safe, the peacemaker, the creator of those very storms. He forgot about the person he was walking towards because he lost focus and got focused on what was right in front of him and what was so scary. We do this all the time. The the challenge, that uh, the thing I'm wanting to bring this morning and really focus on. A lot of us make fun of Peter. A lot of us make fun of him for not making it, for not staying true, for not staying focused. But how many of us are the people staying in the boat? How many of us aren't even stepping out at all? Right? We never really talk about the disciples that didn't go. We don't, we're not really worried about them because they're not the focus of the story, right? We're worried about Peter and what he's doing. Everyone wants to pick on the guy that has the biggest mouth, right? The one that's stepping up the most, the one that's making himself known the most. He's the one we want to focus on. But don't forget about the people that stayed back. It could have been anyone that stepped up. Anybody who was willing to look at Jesus and go, whatever you say, I want to be a part of. Wherever you're at, I want to be. You're not in this boat right now, but I want to be where you're at. A lot of times we don't take the opportunity to step out. I wouldn't be where I am right now. If it wasn't for the, the family I had growing up that showed me, when Jesus shows up, you go with him. It doesn't matter if you feel unqualified. God never chose the qualified. David never should have gone up against Goliath. That made no sense. David never should have been king. That made no sense for us. For what, quali- what we think qualifies somebody to something is not what God's qualifications are. Our qualifications aren't the same as his. What he wants from us is full obedience, wherever that is called, wherever you go, wherever you're supposed to be, right? You don't always get to choose what you want to choose. You don't always get to feel comfortable in it. But you know what happens when you step out and you make it to Jesus? The fulfillment of the righteousness of God, the fulfillment of the kingdom. You get to be a part of it. That's way better than staying in the boat and missing out on all of it, right? We like to do all the tiny things. We're like, I showed up to church. I prayed a few times this week. I did my reading. I've got my relationship. This is fun. I like this. This is comfortable and easy. And then when God's like, hey, I want you to like kind of, I want you to maybe teach a Sunday school class. Or I, I want you to go share with your neighbor. That guy that you've been talking to about Jesus for so long, you need to kind of do a little bit more. A lot of times the people in our lives, these are small things that Jesus is saying, hey, just step out for me. Step out in faith. It's not comfortable, and I know you're not going to like it at first, but look at what I can do with you. When I'm stepping out of the boat, I'm not stepping out of the boat on my strength and what I think that I can do. I'm stepping out of the boat depending on the one who created me and sent me there and knowing that he's going to fulfill his promises for me. But it takes me, it takes you, taking that step. Jesus is right there giving us the opportunity Don't be the one standing in the boat. Be the one that steps out. You might slip and fall. You might get scared. You might get nervous. 
You might be unsure about the next step. I was like that a lot during this ministry. Look, I, I am not harping on my story to talk about me. I'm harping on my story to talk about how I am the least qualified to be up here right now. God calls the people who he wants to work through. He works through people who are not ready. He works for people who, he, who you would never expect to be doing these things because that's what shows his glory. And that's what lets people know this had nothing to do with them. This was God. I don't want to be known as the shy kid that didn't step out. I don't want to be known as the preacher who stepped out a little bit too much and got a little bit full of himself, right? I want to be known as somebody who walked with God. At the end of the day, at the end of my life, at the end of my story, whenever somebody looks at what I've done, I don't want anyone to focus on me. That's not the point. When we talk about Peter, when we talk about the disciples, we're talking about the power of Jesus, the safety in the Father's arms. I don't have to be concerned about the storm because of who he is. I get to depend on him. I get to have a hope in the God of the universe that he's preparing me, protecting me, bringing me into this. I don't have to worry about what's next because of who he is. Because if I'm focusing on him, and I'm trusting in his word, and I'm trusting in Jesus, that I am not focusing on myself, my own strength, my own ability. I'm not worried about what the world's going to do to me. I'm not worried about what's going to happen around me. I'm not worried about stepping out and getting uncomfortable and getting too scared to do it because God is the one that's standing right there helping me get there. We keep our eyes on Jesus for multiple reasons. Number one, that's how we know where to go. Number two, that's how we stay on the path. Number three, that's how we keep the faith. We've been talking for the last couple weeks, we've been going through James on Wednesday nights, talking about steadfast faith, continuous faith, staying faithful to God daily, no matter what trial is coming our way. No matter what's getting, come, going on around us, no matter what's coming in front of us, I don't have to worry about those things because God provided a way out. God broke the chains of this world for me and for you. I'm free to let go of fear and doubt and worry. It's not easy to actually let go of it, right? Once God's let us go of that, once he's taken that off of us, once he's, once he's taken that fear away, a lot of times we like to pick it back up and carry it with us anyways. And then it makes it so difficult to stay focused on him because I'm so worried about me. Have enough faith in our Father and the God of this universe to know that nothing you can do or the world can do can get in the way of what He has for us. Step out of the boat. Be uncomfortable. Because a lot of times, all the time, being uncomfortable is what actually brings about change, growth, right? Being comfortable keeps you where you're at. If you stay in the boat, you're not making it out, right? That's why Jesus came to them, to give them the opportunity to be faithful. Don't, don't be afraid to be faithful. My, my challenge this morning uh, uh, is simply this. If there is an opportunity in front of you, if there is something that God's calling you towards, if there's something that, that God has for your life, don't stay in the boat. Don't stay comfortable. Be willing to step out and do what it is that He has for your life. Sometimes the first thing that He has for you is salvation. A lot, not everybody has it. Not every, a lot of people are here and looking for it and they haven't found it yet because it's really hard to step out of your comfort zone. 
It's really hard to accept that. Follow, follow Jesus. Know that he has a plan for your life. Know that he cares about you and that his, your faithfulness will be rewarded. Your faithfulness will be fulfilled in his righteousness and his kingdom. It doesn't stop with you. It never started with you. But your life can start with him. What you have going for you. Be willing to step out of the boat. Be willing to get uncomfortable for Christ. What's the point in staying in the boat, staying where you're comfortable and staying where he can, is not working through your life? Our God has a purpose for every one of us. But unfortunately, the majority of us do stay stuck in our way, stuck in our comfortability, and miss the opportunity to step out in faith for Him. No matter how small, don't be afraid to take that moment, to take that step. Dear God, thank you for bringing us here this morning. I thank you for the message that you laid on my heart. God, I hope that uh, your word was heard this morning. That, nobody, that everybody saw you and not the one speaking them, God. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for your guidance. And I ask that if anybody here needs, needs you today or needs the faith, the courage to step out, God, that you would be faithful to give that to them and to provide a way to provide the courage for that, God. In Jesus' name. Savior, Savior.